Welcome to an exciting new series of the Accelerate Performance Lab podcast. I'm your host, Riley Witt, and I'm thrilled to introduce you to Athlete Breakdown. In this episode series, we'll take a closer look at the running metrics that shape our athletes' performances, from classic VO2 max to lactate threshold and recovery rates. Our goal is simple, yet important, to help our athletes with actionable steps to make new heights by identifying areas for improvement and charting actionable steps to make that jump in performance. Whether you're a seasoned competitor or just starting your journey, these episodes are designed to offer practical advice that you can incorporate into your training regimen. So get ready to dive into the world of running metrics, science, and transformation. Join us on this journey as we unlock the secrets to reaching peak performance, one metric at a time. All right, Landon Benjamin, welcome to the Accelerate Performance Lab podcast. You've had quite the season so far in cross, not really unexpected at all. I think we were expecting some big things out of you after last season. The the king of 1A, really. You, you won state cross last year pretty handily. You're probably more of a longer distance guy. I don't know what your opinion on that is, but probably more aerobic. So when you're going a little bit further, it just plays into your hands. You had a very good race this weekend at, I think, Harlan. Correct me if I'm wrong. You ran like 1535 to get third in a pretty stacked field. Walk us through that race. How'd you you feel about that? I mean, after the race, I was a little disappointed because obviously I didn't win and it was probably one of the worst like mental battles that I've had in a big competition. So from the start, I was up there with the top group. I think there was four of us. You do loops around that course and then you go at the mile and a half marker, you go up a hill. And then right around that point, I kind of let first and second slip away from me. They started pulling away. I kind of started dropping. I was slowing down and then probably with like half a mile left. I was feeling decent. I kind of started cranking it up. And I didn't let him put any more distance on me. I held the distance and then eventually I kind of closed it in the last quarter mile. And yeah, I feel like I I should have stayed mentally tougher throughout the middle to three quarters mark of that race. So at that point where I could just stay up there and give myself a chance at least. For those who don't know what that feels like when you're, you know, you're with a pack it's easy to say, oh, just stay with that pack until the end, you know, and see what you got left at the end. But for those who don't know, maybe haven't ran across race, what's that feel like when you're with them and that decision you have to make if you want to possibly blow up your race to stick with this pack or drop back and see if you have any at the end of the race? Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't feel the greatest. I mean, I wanted to stay up there with them, but I felt like in that moment that if I did, then maybe I'd get dusted and die out in the last half a mile. So I kind of just let myself slip back and then ended up feeling pretty decent at the end. So maybe I didn't make the right decision letting them slip away. So it was very frustrating afterwards. It is a delicate balance between, you know, you know, rolling your dice and seeing what you got because you're really battling, oh, do I want to get first place? Or if I go with them and it doesn't go well, I could get 20th. I could not finish this race. Or do I want to secure my third place because you're you're up there and you're like, oh, I can easily get third place if I let them go. It's it's all about, especially when you have a team race, 
You know, when yeah. it comes down to that team race, if you look at like the the elites like NAU, they do it so mm-hmm. beautifully. You know, Nico Young last year, he could have tried to go for the win at the NCAA champs, but he knew that it was best for his team to sit back and not go for broke instead of getting 25th because he died. He made sure he got that top five spot instead of going for the win. So it is a balance and preseason meets it's, it's tricky, but you know, postseason it's even more difficult because you're like, do I want to go for that individual win or do I want to be selfless and kind of like work for points when it comes to that? So how's your team looking this year? Pretty solid. We obviously are smaller school, so we don't have the volume and like amount of guys as you would in 3A, 4A. So we don't have that depth, but I feel like our top five are really coming along and progressing over the season as the season goes on. We definitely have a realistic shot of placing top three, if not winning the state meet. And a low stick helps, you know, that the yeah. number one spot really does help when it comes down to scoring. So last year you had a, I mean, obviously very impressive race at the state meet. You you won as a junior. It's obviously not always guaranteed because the Fort Dodge course is always tough, but going into districts, state, how were you feeling? Were you confident in your abilities or were you kind of doubting yourself? Yeah. Last year I, I had a really fun year just with even just like the team environment, just hanging out with the guys, um, competing at every meet. We don't really have very much competition at, say, every meet. We have meets stacked on top of each other two times a week. And leading into districts and stuff, just kind of taking it easy, making sure not overdoing it, making sure staying healthy, avoiding sickness. And, yeah, I'd say after districts, I felt really good. Got the district win by 20 seconds maybe and after that i was pretty confident going into state i knew that if i performed how i knew that i could then i don't i didn't think anyone could beat me and that's that's how it ended up being i pulled away and won by a pretty good margin so i was pretty happy and then coming into this year you know like the competition hasn't gotten too much stiffer because you just got one year older i like to say the most secure way of getting faster is consistency in a birthday so you you've had that so i mean let's look under the hood a little bit let's see what it takes to get to the level that landed vengeance at okay august 8th so basically beginning of the season Mm -hmm. uh, you you had an 82.3 vo2 max and a 0.58 vla max um, with an anaerobic threshold of 5.33 meters per second. So obviously you're pretty fit. You came into the season with some good numbers and, you know, licking your chops for a good season. How was your summer training building up to this test and building up to the season? It was really good. Um, I built a pretty big base over the beginning of the summer and into the second half of the summer, really started stacking the workouts and just Wanted to stay consistent in that training. Leading into the test, I I wasn't feeling that well. I was sick the week before, two weeks before maybe, and I didn't really run at all that week. I think I actually had like five miles total that week, and uh, I had to actually reschedule my my test for a week later when I was feeling better. And then uh, I went in a test and actually got better results than I was thinking. I was I was happy with that. I was excited. Yeah, I just couldn't. I couldn't wait for the season. When it comes to your buildup, you said consistency and building a big base. What did that consist? 
really just like longer workouts. Like I like aerobic stuff. That's I, I just enjoy that. Like threshold, like longer threshold reps or tempos, anything that similar to that. I I just really enjoy that. And after those workouts, I really just feel good and I'm confident and feel like I really got something out of it. What's a typical tempo run look like for Landon? Usually five to six miles. Depends on how I'm feeling. Like can be anywhere from five thirty pace to like a couple of days over the summer. It was hot, humid. I probably wasn't the best hydrated and I had like five fifty average pace or something like that. But that's that's usually what it looks like. I usually like to do them on the track. It's probably kind of weird, but I like that for some reason. When you're doing those tempo runs at, you know, anywhere from 530 to 550, what's the effort feel like if you could get uh, like a scale of one to 10? Probably four or five. I really just like, like staying smooth and controlled throughout the whole thing. I was digging for that answer. I wanted to hear that. This is going to help me a lot when I'm, breaking down what you did this summer i like to hear that when you're keeping your tempos controlled even at 530 to 555 pace you know maybe you could run your tempos your quote tempos at 510 pace but is that really tempo is that really what you want to be working on is that the low millimole range that you want to be you know cranking the aerobic system and not stressing your anaerobic system at all because if you look You've got that 0.58 millimoles of lactate per second as your glycolytic power, as your VLA. Like you don't have a super low VLA max. If we were to look yeah. at like, you know, Peyton Noe or look at mm-hmm. like a Tommy Hensley, his is even a little bit lower. They just don't produce as much lactate as, you know, me or you do. So yeah. you need to, and you're doing a very good job of this. And I think this is one of the reasons you're going to have a very successful season and you have so far is because you know what the effort is required to get the stimulus that you need. Now, if we're looking at threshold reps, this might be a little bit quicker because it's shorter reps, but honestly, the minimal range is probably pretty similar. And you might rank this instead of a four out of five, maybe maybe like a six or five or six, or maybe even a seven. What did threshold reps look like for you? I usually do miles. That's, that's what I do most of the times. And usually it's anywhere from like 515 pace to like 505, maybe five flat if I get out of hand on the last rep or something like that. Usually still like to stay fairly smooth through those and feel good at the end of the rep, not struggling to finish. Absolutely. The reason we're stress threshold and tempo in the summer is because of the low impact it takes on the body. You're staying pretty safe. You're staying healthy. You're not getting beat down. Like the next day you wake up, and you're probably not crazy sore. You're probably not super tired. If you've got some good recovery in, you're not just like dreading your easy run that day because you can't even run six miles at 7.30 pace. Like you're you're fresh afterwards. It's not a super yeah. lactic workout where you're doing alterations of 300, 200. So I love to hear that. You clearly have it figured out. Was this Ben's training? Yeah, Ben and my coach talk. And they've worked out like a system for me. Ben's told him to get me on more tempo and threshold since my VLA is a little higher to eventually like lower that for a 5k cross. Cause when I went into test, Ben said that was a little high and, uh, he wanted me to lower that. So yeah, Ben and my coach kind of talk a little bit, get along and that that's really helpful too. 
you have two coaches that you really respect and you look up to and when they're able to use some of their brain power together like that's everyone can always learn from someone so if they're able to learn from each other and get something out of it and you know give you their best training that's possible and you know get you another state title that's best of both worlds for sure and some shiny prs and a big chance of going to the college that you'd like to and being successful beyond that like this is perfect All right, for the tempo runs, I'm going to do a little bit differently than I have in previous episodes. If you're an OG listener of this show, you remember back to my first ever episode that I had a guest on. You'll remember Claire Bartholik, or the planted runner. We talked about her methodologies of coaching, but also her plant-based diet and how that works for her. But I wanted to revisit Claire and see what she says about tempo runs. Now take this information with a grain of salt because Claire does coach amateur marathoners, so it's a little bit different, but I think you can gain some valuable knowledge from this little soundbite from Claire. So a tempo is a sustained pace for a period of time that is harder than easy, but not too hard. Well, that's not very scientific, which is going to bother those runners out there that love all the data. You're running hard, but not too hard, for a specific amount of time, with the goal of increasing the amount of time you can run at that pace. There are three main phases of intensity when it comes to running that all play a key role in determining how you should run your tempo. They are aerobic threshold, lactate threshold, and anaerobic threshold. To make things more confusing, these are often used interchangeably, so I'll go over each one. When you run at easy pace, the effort is called aerobic, meaning with oxygen. Your aerobic system is the main energy system used in long distance running, so you'll want to develop it well to get better at endurance running. Once you start to run harder than an easy pace, there will be a certain point when the effort starts to get more challenging. Your body will start to shift from happily using oxygen to burn fat, protein, and carbohydrate, and will start to build up lactic acid in the bloodstream. Your aerobic threshold is the highest level of exercise intensity at which you can run without accumulating significant lactic acid in the blood. And this pace, this aerobic threshold, is just about where we have our athletes run tempo runs, give or take. Like Claire said, you're not really accumulating much lactate, but you do have a little bit more than resting. So for us, that would be around 2.3 to 3 millimoles of lactate in the bloodstream. If you're a marathoner, the idea is to raise our happy and efficient aerobic threshold as high as possible. That will ensure you can run the entire marathon distance as fast as possible without being forced to slow down when your anaerobic system runs out of gas. So if you are continually end up crossing that lactate threshold line, you're going to end up undermining your training. So how can you make sure that you're running the right pace to increase your aerobic threshold? (laughs) Get tested at the lab. Thanks, Claire. If you guys liked interjections of different audio clips, let me know over on Instagram and I'll be sure to continue to have other people's opinions on this show. But to recap, what is the point of tempo runs? The tempo run is essentially to boost aerobic capacity as much as possible. So what's the most efficient way at boosting aerobic capacity? Well, it's not tempo runs actually, it's like a Tabata set or high intensity interval training. So that would be like very high intense reps with very short rest. The problem with those, even though they are the most effective way at raising VO2 max, 
is that they also have a side effect that we want to avoid at all cost when we're training for a 5K. And that's also raising your VLA or your anaerobic capacity. So that's why it's really important to, to get tested and see your data to see what you need to be moving in order to make the most informed decision about your training. Because if you have an incredibly low VLA max and you can afford to raise that up a little bit, then you might as well incorporate some high intensity interval training instead of tempo runs. But for the vast majority of people, and I'm going to say just about everyone, tempo runs are going to be the most effective way at raising VO2 max while also keeping VLA max or anaerobic capacity suppressed. So I hope that made a little bit of sense. I hope I didn't lose people at all, but closing this conversation out, I want to touch a little bit on your state track season last year. So after your junior year, you know, you won state cross pretty conclusively. You had a good win there going into state track. I want to hear about your build up to that and walk us through that state meet. Yeah. So track last year i was especially excited for because i didn't have a season the year before that and coming off of cross country and the state cross country meet i was just especially excited to hopefully just compete and perform as well as i could the the build up throughout the season pretty much was again we have a lot of meets and tracks since we're 1a just stacked on top of each other just use those as workouts pretty much and not go full out keep myself healthy qualified all four the dmed open eight 16 and 32 and that was an exciting meet it was just a lot of fun finishing off the night with the 1600 in the lights that was that was a fun experience and i was just excited for the state meet feel i didn't feel like i hadn't really impressed anybody with my times all season I didn't feel like I performed to my capabilities. At the state meet, I was feeling really well, feeling good. 3,200 first day in the morning. It was a beautiful morning. I uh, ran a great race, but AJ Bonison, unfortunately, just whooped me. Just kept clicking off 72nd, 69 second laps and almost got himself a state record, state 1A record. So I ran a big lifetime PR too, 918. I was really happy with that. And I, was a little disappointed, but at the end of the day, I mean, I PR'd by almost 20 seconds and still didn't get the win. So nothing to be really upset about. The DMED Friday, I had a lifetime PR split in the DMED 8. I think it was 157 and team got fifth. That was exciting. Another medal. And then Saturday was the big day, open eight, open 16. And I came into that day trying, like the night before, just trying to recover as much as possible. I was feeling surprisingly well coming into Saturday and the 800. I didn't really think that I had a shot to win just because I'm not really an 800 guy. I hadn't really ever ran a good 800 until the day before. So I wasn't expecting too much out of myself, but I mean, I still did decent after that. Could not wait for the 1600. I just wanted to get my revenge on AJ in the 16. I knew that if I was up there with a lot to go, that I was confident in my kick and in my abilities to beat him in a foot race. So that's eventually what happened. Right around 250, I just turned on the jets as hard as I could, 
closed, I think the last lap in 60 and got another big PR 418 dropping seven seconds off my PR. So yeah, I was just super, super ecstatic about that whole weekend. Yeah. Dropping 20 seconds, just about 20 seconds off your two mile PR. Like that's going to set you up either for a great weekend or you're going to be trashed for the entire weekend. Yeah. But then you were able to come back. PR in your split, 157, PR in the official 800, and run pretty well. And then coming back and closing in 60 seconds to run a 418, like, yeah, I'd say you had a pretty good weekend. So last question before we end today. If you were to give a starting out Landon Benjamin a piece of information that would help them get to your level. Hmm. It's a tough one. Where was I when I was 12? I was not great when I was 12. I was a little chubby <laughs> junior high kid that ran 16 minutes in a two mile for cross. Probably enjoy the process because there have been a lot of times where I just not been very motivated and wanted to, you know, just take a couple of days off and lay back for a while. But you just got to stay consistent and enjoy, enjoy what you have because I feel like that injury really helped me to figure that out like enjoy just being healthy it's a gift every day to go out and run i just really i really try to enjoy every run right now enjoy every race you're gonna have a good season you know closing out this cross season i I wish you the best for sure stay on top of it keep enjoying it appreciate your time today landon thank you thanks for having me on i hope you guys were able to find some type of value from this episode And let me know if you liked this little style of adding a different opinion or a different soundbite. I appreciate Claire's input, and I might have to have her on the podcast once again. If you liked hearing from Claire, make sure to go back to my first episode with her and re-listen about her journey with the plant-based diet. If you didn't like this type of episode and you want me to ramble solo once again, also let me know over on Instagram and drop a follow while you're at it. I'm putting a lot of work into the content over there, so I hope you guys are enjoying it. And as always, make sure to leave a review on iTunes or Spotify, and we'll see you again next week on the Accelerate Performance Lab Podcast.